Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Western Washington. Today we're going to be playing for you our 2013 favorites. So we hope you enjoy and have a Socially Savvy week. With our 100th show, we're going to be chatting a little bit about what it is to be socially savvy, which was the first question that I asked when we first started the show. Uh, Put it out on social media the last probably two or three weeks, and it's been really fun to get people's feedback, hear what they had to say about it, um, and find out what socially savvy means to people. And now we're going to share them. But first, understand this. The goal is to be socially savvy, but understand that it is an ever-changing, always-learning place to be. Um, A lot of people come to me and they go, well, what is it to be socially savvy? You know, well, when are you socially savvy? Socially savvy is a state of awareness so that you can always be growing, you can always be enhancing and make every event better or everything better that you're a part of. Can I jump in real quick on that? No, absolutely not. Okay. That would nope. <laughs> that would be so 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 totally socially unacceptable. But yes, that's Life. what socially savvy is is about learning. So anyway, with that said, here we go. Um, the first posting over the last few weeks was what 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 does socially savvy mean to you? Native Jane Doe, which I absolutely love this name. What it meant to her was, or yeah, Jane Doe. Acting proper in public. And there was a question mark behind that. And I wanted to address that. The question in it kind of confused me until I really started to think about it. Yes, being socially savvy does mean acting proper in public. But just like we were talking about, sometimes you have to get into the environment to understand how it is that you should be interacting. Mm -hmm. That terminology, when in Rome, do as the Romans do usually requires you to be around the Romans long enough to know what the Romans are doing. That's true. So don't feel bad about it. Try to get yourself out there. But maybe, like with me, whenever I go into a social setting I'm unfamiliar with, I turn into a wallflower. I just kind of sit back and It's kind of fun. Some people are going to say, you're being quiet tonight. It's I'm like, alone. For me, it's like, no, I just want to make sure I don't say something stupid. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Our... Johnson says socializing and spending times with others in a way that they feel better about themselves about after being with you. And that's, that goes along with the philosophy of socially savvy, you know, make every event better because you were there. Um, I really like that one. Moving on with what socially savvy means to you, um, he said, having the ability to change the way you act and knowing when you should act in different situations, whether it's friends, family, special occasions, different social groups, Every situation applies. You know, and what I love about this is this is a 19-year-old, 18, almost 19-year-old kid. Right. And they, because of this whole social media, they have a completely different look on how things go, but the ones who want to learn, they're picking it up really, really fast. 
Center of Bellevue, an integrated health clinic, provides medical doctors, pain management doctors, chiropractors, acupuncturists, massage therapists, and more. Using cutting-edge treatments, they can provide non-surgical solutions to pain management. Stop living with pain and call to schedule a complimentary consultation today with one of their top doctors. Go to www.bellevuepaincenter.com for more information. I encourage people to choose your Fab Five and put them out there. Say, you know, these are five people that if, if we were in a party, I would walk you up and introduce you to them because I think that they're that fabulous. That's cool. So on Facebook, it gives you a chance to find these people, follow them, and see what you think is so fab. And, and the part of this that I really wanted to encourage people to do was to do the same thing. Look at your Facebook friends. Look at your connections, the people that you have uh, made friends with in a social media area, and introduce those five people to all of your Facebook friends and encourage them to do the same thing. Socially acceptable and unacceptable because, well, blunt works best. Um, unfortunately, not everybody can take a hint. Uh, not everybody understands a hint, and typically the male population doesn't like a hint. They want it direct and to the point. Sorry, Sean and Jason. <laughs> Sean, every every male that I know who's around here. <laughs> yeah. Sean already left. Um, so for me, the socially acceptable is it's acceptable to make mistakes. Just be quick to fix them. Um, when yes. it's a part of being human to make mistakes in social settings. Um, you know, whether it be hitting somebody's glass, you know, being clumsy with something coming out of your mouth. Um, understand that you are a human being. People will understand that you are a human being. It's how you respond to those mistakes that people will pass judgment on. Yep. So if you are immediately apologetic, um, ask for, oh my gosh, is there something I can do? You know, if it's a physical thing that you have, have created, if it's a, uh, something verbally that you said, apologize. Try to make it better immediately and you're gonna find that nine times out of ten people are going to be gushing, literally, to try to make you not feel so bad because they do in fact recognize your humanity and know yeah. that, hey, they've been there too. They've made the mistake. They've stepped in it. They've done, you know, X, Y, and Z and are happy to be that person to put you at ease. I am here at the Lady 12's event, and um, I have the privilege of standing here with Mama Sherman. We've been talking a lot about what it is to be a savvy fan, of, you know, a fan of, of a team and a player that is so elevated and so amazing at what they're doing, that sometimes that has a tendency to kind of dehumanize that player. And so then fans will have an expectation that sometimes the players struggle with meeting. They want to make their fans happy. They want to be there. I think it's important for fans to realize that when their players are going on the field, they're going there for a reason. They have a purpose, and, and there are certain things that they need to do to be able to fulfill that. Um, you know, being the mom of one of them, if, if you were talking to fans that maybe sometimes get sort of confused when they're, you know, they get disgruntled, maybe, why didn't, you know, Sherman wave to me when he was going on the field? What would you say to a fan to help them kind of humanize and realize that there is a job to be done and what it goes into when he goes on the field? You know, the players are so focused on the job at hand, what they need to do. 
they really have to stay focused. It's just like my son. I don't bother him on game day. People see me down on the field and they'll kind of look like, oh, Richard didn't even come and say hi to his mom or whatever because he's, he's focused. Yeah. He, I need him to be focused. So you allow him that? I allow him yeah. that. I don't beat him down and like, hey, why didn't you come and say hi to me or why didn't you, you know, no. I don't, I don't. Very rarely do I text him or say anything to him on game day. I do, if I do it early enough, you know, I try to send like a little best wishes or good luck, bless your game, son, or something like that really early. If I get past a certain hour, I don't bother my son. I don't. I, I want him to be focused and content with what he needs to do on that field. So the fans should just not take it so personal because I love that. they trust me. They love the 12s. They love the fans. It means the world to them to have the fans behind them. It does. Even if they are not able to tell them that mm -hmm. or wave at them or, or give, give them eye contact sometimes, they absolutely love and adore Seahawks fans. That's kind of the, that's part of their secret power. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. We're a classy group of fans. Yes, you we know, are. Yes, the Seahawks fans, the 12, they're a classy group. And I'm honored to be adopted as the team or the 12 man team mom or whatever, however they want to call me or whatever, Mama Sherman. I, I'm, I, I truly am honored for that. But yeah, the fans. Trust me, your team loves you and adores you, and they would do anything to have you guys have their back. What do you think the responsibility of a fan is? To stay classy and be behind your team 100%, win or lose. Be behind your team, support your team, be gracious. One of our secret powers I really truly believe, because like you say at the 49ers, if we had had more of our heart there. I truly believe and that. One of the things I've noticed is understanding as a fan that you are the fuel for your players. If they're struggling, if they're going down and they hear the roar of the crowd, they need it's us. amazing they what need it can us. do to push them through that oh next play. To get us. that extra yard, yes. to get that extra inch, yes. plus centimeter. And I really think that that's underplayed. So as it a is. fan, I think if we can take on the responsibility of understanding that we are the fuel we behind are the fire, fuel. Yes, we are. then um, I think we can help take our team to anywhere they want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that 100%. Well, thank you With so God much for on our taking side, time. You know, <laughs> believe. Believe in God. Believe in our team. Oh. And support and be there for them. Support them because all the way. here's the thing that I like to remember is they're there for us every single day. They go to practice. Absolutely. They they control their diet. Mm -hmm. um, they most of them work very hard. If they didn't come from a family that was used to socializing or that had social graces, mm -hmm. they work to educate themselves. Mm -hmm. They go outside their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. They do a lot for us. So I think it's good to remind our fans that we need to do something for them. Yes, we do. We need to always be there for our team, always, no matter what. Up, down, be there for our team, always. Go hard. I'm your host, LB Duchess, and joining me today is former Seahawk, Redskin, and five years in the CFL, Carrie Carter. The mental aspect of the game is even more important than people realize. Your margin for error is so small that 
a lapse in judgment or a lapse in your concentration can cost you dearly. It can cost your team dearly. So, and not it, just in the point of, ter- of points, but also in in injuries. Yeah. Because if you're not yeah. if you're not hitting your mark properly, you yeah. end up getting hurt. Yeah. And it's, a, it's such a team game that everyone has a responsibility and a role out there. And if your role is to run down and hit people, that's what you're going to do. If your role is to catch passes, that's what you need to do. Right. And the guy beside you is going to count on you to do that. So if you're you've been doing it all week in practice, you've Going out on the field, you visualize this moment. You visualize every single play at least a hundred to a thousand times in that day alone. Wow. So when you're going out there to, to do this, it's, it's, you want it to feel like second nature. You want it to feel familiar. So the fact that you're focused and you're supposed to kind of block out everything else. Right. This is You have one chance to do this. There's a lot riding on it. For most guys at the professional level, this is, this is your job. You're a pro. People right. expect you to be close to perfect. You're going to watch a painter. You're going to watch right. a musician. You're going to watch a, a comedian. It occurs to have <laughs> cur- common courtesy. Yeah. It yeah. Just, it's, a, it's a prevalent in your mind, but there's yeah. something about sporting events, and it's so funny. I think of Spartacus and, and those, do I not entertain you? <laughs> you just want to look at me and go, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Yeah, they... People kind of lose their mind. You, you get into it so much that you forget that these are regular people out there doing a job. Go to Nordstrom Gallery, located in the heart of downtown Bellevue, across from the Hyatt and Joey's. It's the perfect place to check out local artists to make your house feel like a home. Buy art. It makes you feel better. So let's um, chat socially sincere. I think a lot of people kind of struggle with sincerity because of the preconceived notion that we live in a fake world. Totally. Um, You know, Facebook, you can create your persona and uh, it can be completely, or your avatar is what I like to call it. You know, your Facebook is basically (laughs) your your avatar um, uh, for how you are. And it creates a lot of confusion when what people see on your social media is so different than what they see in person. Yeah, it's very true. And so I think understanding sincerity and starting to realize how that is going to factor in your social settings, you're going to find yourself a lot more at ease. You're also going to find yourself in a place of more comfort within yourself. Otherwise, you look like you're walking around in somebody else's skin. Well, I think most people are. Well, I mean, they, I mean they, that's true. I'm, it, I'm always uncomfortable. <laughs> they're walking around, in, you know, because we live in a fake world. Yeah. I mean, everything is not a red carpet paparazzi moment glam moment and yeah it's, it's you know it's not real life it, that's it, true it, it's certain people's lives but it's not not every, the everyday every person's life right and there are too many people that are not that think they well and oh, so with that said i started thinking about okay how where where is this falling apart so in my opinion where things start going amok is when people use being sincere or honest to be able to say whatever they want or do whatever they want. Um, I can't tell you how many times people have, we've been talking in an open forum, and they're like, I'm just being honest. No, you're just being a butt. And you're hiding behind the premise of being honest so that you can state whatever it is that's on your mind. Uh, when, when you're dealing with trying to create relationships and dealing with uh, wanting to make connections with people, that sincerity is a big, huge part of it. Because 
So we're going to look like lushes with all these drinks piling up in front of us, dear. Do I have a problem with that? <laughs> no, but we got to make room for more. All right, so let's chat beer. Um, I did a blog. I've been working on this blog for almost four months, little bits and pieces, because uh, beer is one of those things that has a tendency to uh, paralyze us. We get very, uh, we get brought in by fear a lot, and we look at it as a very negative thing in our life instead of looking at it for what it truly is, um, which is a warning sign. And so this is, I wanted to go over the blog that I wrote, and then I wanted to talk about it because for me, this was a journey that I have taken several times, and it is a journey that you will retake and revisit many different times in your life depending on what's going on. Um, but it's been very interesting over the past few months to see how the word fear is put out there and how it is used. Most people are threatened and paralyzed by fears, but those few who step back, detach from the emotion fear would bring, can find success. So how do you do that? Well, here's my perspective on that. Fear is the illusion of everything that could go wrong, but doesn't need to. It gives us a hyperlink into what to avoid. It's not set in stone, nor does it hold any control over us. One of the most amazing definitions of fear I have ever heard came from the movie After Earth. Fear is not real. The only place fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. This is near insanity. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. And that was quoted by Will Smith. I watched that part of the movie over and over and over and over, like literally because it captured me in a way that... Um, really helped me to grab a hold of something that was holding me back. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this because I don't think that people look at their accountability as something that really makes that big of a difference. It, they, they look at it as an isolated right. type of thing. Well, I think so for me, from my background, having been in military... Oh, God, yeah. ...and <laughs> working in military service, accountability is absolutely critical. Um, and if you can't be accountable for your, not only your training, your actions, you'll cost somebody not time, but life. Yeah. So, I mean, if you really look at the core accountability, it really is if you put in a spot and you gotta, you gotta own that and you, you can't, you, it's not a no fail option. Yeah. Um, because people's lives are really depending on any kind of situation. To me, when I think of accountability, that's what I really think of. Right. You know, socially, okay, fine, you didn't show up, but. I, when I'm looking at it, it's when something's on the line. Yeah. And you said you're going to do something. Now you've compromised the whole program. To me, that's that. To me, it's a broader version of it. So. Well, and and I think you know, you, bringing up that extreme situation kind of really does hone in what I'm going to be talking about today. Is if it's a life or death, yeah, we take it very seriously. But then, how many notches down from life or death do you still take it seriously? Today we're talking about um, long-term relationships. Uh, we do this show once to twice a year because those of us who are sitting here, we have all been in long-term relationships. Some of us are second time around. Some of us are first time. I know Greg and Stacy, you guys are on your second round. Second. And we're at 11 years. <laughs> yes, 11, 11 years. years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why is everyone laughing at me? <laughs> no, it's funny because I'll say to someone, well, my first husband, and Greg's my, it's very misleading, isn't it? He's my second and will be my last. Oh, see? Yes. Yeah. 
a lot of times I hear, well, I just fell out of love with them. Well, we don't have anything in common. And to me, that is probably one of the most propagated myths out there. I agree. Because um, when you fall in love with somebody, you are so hyper aware of every nuance, every hair on their head, every nuance of their personality, their attitudes, what they like, what they don't like, the silly little things. And you're like, oh. That doesn't matter. You know, they're squeezing the toothpaste in the middle of it, and they're leaving it on the side. Absolutely. And, um, you're so hyper aware of all those different things that to say that love is blind, it's not. It's actually hyper acute. Absolutely. What what my husband has always been so great at talking about in it is love is an action, and so as life goes on and we start. Um, getting comfortable and we've gotten used to all the things that we love about these people then those little things that we're not so fond of start to creep in and we start to change our attention and focus more on those things that are bothering us and they keep piling up and piling up and we forget to refocus back on the things that we really love about them exactly I know Greg and Stacy you guys work together day in and day out and talk about laboring to breathe. I mean, <laughs> we are around each other um, probably more than most couples are in any given day, week, month, year, but we make it work. Our <laughs> minute. We, um, we do make it work. Yeah. Yeah, my husband could tell you a few things that he wishes I was a little bit more. I don't know. What is. Being as Be careful out there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at me like. Is in a relationship, wine is really helpful <laughs> because it can take you from DEFCON 5 down to 1 in about 10 minutes. <laughs> so finding those things that you and your spouse can enjoy or your significant other can enjoy when you're struggling. Um, I can't tell you how many times where I'll walk in the door and my husband will look at me and he'll smile and he goes, hi, honey, here's your glass of wine because he knows I'm wound up or he'll come around the corner and I'll go, I've got your scotch for you, you know, and it's not to say, you know, are we alcoholics? One would hope not, but um, there are those things in life that do, they, they kind of bring you a connection point, food, wine, those are things that can bring you together to, to kind of pave the way to sit down and go, okay, we need to have a conversation now. I don't know if I fully understand the question. But <laughs> go with it, Yeah. The, 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 this last go-around with her going back to work, you know, we, I worked hard. My goal was, let me just start. My goal was, um, and this is where I keep telling LB when she wants me to do this, the, the world isn't ready for guys like me and Greg who know what a 100-hour week is and we know how to work and do things and I look at a lot of these young guys today, and and I just am, am I'm speechless. There's there's nothing I can say to to help the 30 and under. There's nothing as a, as a working male that's owned multiple companies that I can say to help. Well, around around here, it's just yum or yuck, you know. And, yeah, you know. And as long as it's yum, as long as it's yum. Yeah, right. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, like we always like to say, you know, drink what you like. Don't work, don't get hung up on really on. Even though these wines all get great scores and they get top 100s and they're the best in the world and all of that. But at the end of the day, drink what you like. Right, you know, definitely drink your light. So we're gonna, I'm going to throw in a little bit of a, of a romance thing for those that are couples and all that who don't want to drink a full bottle of wine. Order a half bottle. 
some wineries have a half bottle. There's we two and a half glass. I know, I know, for us, but it's good for a picnic. I know. I'm being picked on, folks. Well, well, you know, for me, for me, a half bottle is a 750 mil because a regular bottle is a mag. I was gonna say. I, that's right. I'm in a full bottle, right? Right, Greg. I got it. I mean, the, the amount of the amount of energy you're you're ex- putting out to open a half bottle is the same as a full bottle. Why would you waste your time? I'm just thinking about the labor it takes to make the half bottle. It's probably the same to make the full bottle. Why waste the energy? Greg always says to me, one of the things that I'm really good at is I'm really good at hiring people. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's really just being, and that's being a manager. It's like I'm my own house manager. I got it all. I can I can hire people, um, you know, and, and again, you know, recognizing when you're when you're in a committed relationship and you want to make it work, you number one, you've got to be able to laugh a lot. My husband will say that over and over again. He makes me laugh. I, our family laughs more um, in a day than I, I think some people laugh in a week, and to some degree that makes me kind of sad. But I also realize that that's been a big, huge part of why we've made it together for 27 years, um, because at some point. At the end of the day, you've got to look in the mirror and go, you know, this has got to be funny to somebody. Treat your partner the way you want to be treated back. You know, that one's pretty simple. Ooh, that's straightforward. That's yeah. not a hint. That's a... You know, I, you know, and then the other thing, you know, somebody once told me a long time ago, and, and it's really it's hard to do, and my wife probably attest that, yeah, you don't do a very good job at this. But if you, you know, if you, if you put your partner kind of above you, always put them on the pedestal, always make it all about them. They will eventually. They can't help but do the same thing back. Yeah. Because they, you know, the, the, eventually, they're going to be guilted into it. You know. So, <laughs> you know but if you just keep putting them up there, putting them up there, putting them up there, putting them up there, you know, hope, hopefully. They hopefully, kind of they'll reciprocate. Versus being just so nice to me, I got to do the same thing back. That actually, that actually comes up in the um, five love languages. Is yeah. They talk about that if you serve somebody at their level, yeah. they're eventually going to have to reciprocate because they've been fed, they've been yeah. fulfilled. And then my third one, probably just from a guy standpoint, from a business standpoint, you know, if you're in a relationship and if it's working pretty good, um, trust me, it's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, uh, an acquaintance of ours here just about a week ago said, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, but you still have to mow the lawn. <laughs> so, or, or the same thing is all grass has its brown spots. Yes. yes. And, and I've done a lot of horseback riding in the mountains and go look across the valley and you get over there and you start looking back and you start going, that's so true. It's so true. It's, it's the same stuff. Tweet casting. You want to tell us what tweet casting is? Because I have to tell you, when I first saw your thing, I'm like, okay, so how is that different than Twitter? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I know. So now, what, um, one other question, because I know you've got to get back to the event yeah. here. Um, uh, when you say trending, what is it that you're trying to? What does that mean okay. to somebody in social media? What it means is, if you go onto the, um, if you go and click me on Twitter, uh-huh. that's kind of the button up there. Um, on the left-hand side, um, you'll see what's trending in your area or uh, worldwide or in the United States. It's, it's easier to trend in your own neighborhood. So if you click on Seattle, you can see all of the um, hashtags that are trending. Our hashtag again is Power Social. So if we get enough chatter and engagement on Twitter, then 
hopefully we, our hashtag, PowerSocial, will pop up in that section. And that's oh. what I want to see because then I can screenshot it and then use that for, you know, to sell this to, to, to sponsors. So I so totally need to be that's telling people idea. to hashtag socially savvy every time we're on, on yeah, air you, talking you, about you it. Yeah, you need to pick a hashtag and go with it and not change it. That's okay. a, a tip I would give. It takes all emotion away, mm-hmm. and it simply presents the point. Mm-hmm. So one of the keys that I find when you're dealing with social media, you have to really understand the words and the verbs you're using, how it's presented. Um, when you're dealing with social media, I tell people, don't just quickly send off a message on Twitter or Facebook because, number one, your smartphone is not that smart, and it will make you look dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number two, you really want to make sure that that message, when somebody reads it, it portrays the emotion that you want it to and not something that you don't want it to. Right. Um, so that you can keep it in that positive, uplifting, encouraging space. Absolutely. Yeah, well, it's great to be here. Uh, I'm Shauna Kazi, and uh, I've worked for a, a bunch of major companies, most recently Nordstrom, Comcast, Google. Right now I'm uh, moved into the startup world, and I work in a company called Decide.com. Decide.com. Decide. Tell us. Ooh, I want to know about this. So what is it that your company provides? So have you heard of uh, Faircast, the uh, company that predicts that, you, that predicted uh, airline flights, so you knew when to buy an airline flight? Yes. And it was sold to Microsoft, so now it's part of Bing Travel. Oh, wow. This is the second company from the same data scientist team, so we predict the future price of basically anything that you want to buy online. Oh, wow. And we're continually oh, launching wow. new categories. So if you want to know... Um, when to buy a laptop, for instance. We'll tell you if you should buy now or if you should wait a few hours or a few days to save $200, $300. Sometimes you'll see savings of seven or $800 on TVs by just waiting a little while. So um, it's a really fun, uh, geeky company, but has really valuable insights for saving a lot of money. And really what we're trying to do is help consumers um, sift through all the advertisements to know what's really a good deal and also sift through what's called dynamic pricing. So prices are actually changing all the time now online with Amazon and other retailers changing real-time prices. So this, this is a tool for consumers to know how to fight back against that and really help you know when to buy. Sometimes social media can create a barrier of... Um, a lack of emotion or a, a lack of what I would call common courtesy. I think it's really important when you're working with your Twitters and your Facebooks and um, at events that are, are merging the two to remember those courtesies. You know, that was why I wanted to make sure I, I said your name and know who you are because um, even though the the visual of social media can take the humanity out of it, we need to remember that there are human beings behind each and every Twitter, Facebook post, um, snapshot, everything. So try to remember that that humanity when you're talking with people, and even if you get emotional or heated, you want to mm-hmm. just remember there is somebody on the other end receiving, and and how would you like it if if you sh- were receiving what you're shooting off? Hello, ladies. <laughs> Hello, Andy. Okay, nice you have the you. you have a fantastic voice for radio. <laughs> yeah, you do. Thank you. We're like, who's this in I know. <laughs> He's got that. Hello. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Nice deepness. Welcome. Yes. So tell us a little bit about Zico Waters and what, they're this big, huge phenomenon that's hit Seattle. Tell us a little bit about what it is. Yeah, well, Zico, we're a 100% natural premium coconut water. And so a lot of people kind of ask, what is coconut water? What does it do for you? It's one of the best hydrating drinks you can actually drink. So it's more hydrating for you than water is. 
how it does that is it has five of your key electrolytes in it. And so you, you drink one bottle of Zico, you get more potassium than if you were to eat a banana. Wow. Our first little socially savvy hint is use what you have in proper proportion. In other words, whether you believe in God or not, you were built with two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionately. You I love that. Listen twice as much as you talk so that you can learn something. Yes. And joining me today is co-host Dual Fisher from Team Photogenic and Hel- has been. Hello, LB. <laughs> Savvy getting, getting older, older socially. socially. Wow, we did that in unison. That was we great. We're very good at that. <laughs> As we get older, we hear whispers about what we should and should not be wearing, doing, saying, and so on. Today, we're going to dispel some of those myths. So here is our socially savvy take on getting older. It uh, sucks. It sucks. It is a fact. We do get older. It does suck. Um, but I think think as far as the myth you know i have people come over to me all the time and go oh well you know you're over 40 or you're over 50 or you know you shouldn't be dressing like that or you shouldn't be going to those venues or you know don't you think you should be doing this we have a lot of opinions let me just tell you and what i have found watching people socialize uh, of all different ages and demographics that it's 99 percent about your attitude what it says on your birth certificate is different from what's in your mind. Always dress appropriately. Correct. Consider the event, your body type, the demographic of people there, and make sure your participation does not stop anyone else from enjoying the event. Um, for instance, you know, if you are of an age where you are enjoying a certain atmosphere, um, make sure that whatever things are happening with your age and that slowing you down doesn't slow other people down. Don't get in the way of, of what's going on. Um, I've had people come in before into a nightclub and, you know, they're older and you'll hear the comment, oh, it's just too loud in here. Okay. It's not too loud because apparently everybody else is there and they're enjoying whatever is going on. If it's too, too loud for you, you have two choices. You, leave. you can leave or, or you can shut your, up and per- or, or, turn or turn down, down your, your hearing, hearing aid. <laughs> <laughs> we are chatting six dating do's and don'ts. The dating goes whether you're married or not. Because once you get married, you need to go into hyperdrive and, and dating yeah. because you really have to make that time for each other because now you've got this assumption, oh, yeah, I've got him, not a big deal. Oh, uh, no. Absolutely. I mean, okay. you should always date even if you're in a relationship or date you're Date for the married. rest of your life. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. Um, so the don't. So let, just listen along and, and you're going to be like, wow, this is like, I've always thought about this. Don't be the t- only talker. Learn to listen. Don't ever pressure anyone for sex, not even a kiss. (laughs) You want to carefully watch the other person's body language. And if it isn't saying that I'm receptive, then you need to watch yourself. And I think that's so important. I think people try to move into that portion of the relationship on the first date. And again, my philosophy is let's go back to basics. Let's go back to courting. Like LB said, what the meaning of dating means. Courting, you know. flirting, oh, yeah. uh, yep. and not just going Passion. straight for a home run on the first date. 
I think that's a doubt. And then the, the last don't is, if you do want a second date, don't wait too long to call for a second date. Um, you know, I'm old-fashioned. I want to talk to that person. I don't want to text or email or, you know, send a Snapchat. I want to talk to him. So I picked up the phone and thanked him for an awesome evening. And, you know, I, I feel like you have to go with your gut. Breathe. I mean, do you do you even know what the sound of your own heartbeat is? Do you, exactly. do you know? Do you know the rhythm of your breathing? Do you know? Hell, do you even know your blood pressure? <laughs> there comes right. a point where you, if, if you want to connect with somebody, you have to connect with yourself, and that usually means taking a deep breath and stepping back and seeing where you're going, where you want to go, so that you can communicate that with somebody else. Absolutely. If yeah. you're in a rush, you, you can't communicate anything. <laughs> Thanks, Dua. Um, I'm a little dyslexic, so ask that question again. It, it, well, it's so different. Well, it, it is, and everyone's familiar with the Cat in the Hat and Hop on Pop and Green Eggs and Ham and the books that we've all grown up with. Oh, yeah. Four generations of Americans have grown up with. And what this exhibition really entails is a an assortment of artwork of his that he did while he was not working on a book. He called these his midnight paintings, and these that. are adapted from his original paintings, drawings, and sculptures. These are all limited edition uh, works of art uh, that you really don't see very often at all. In fact, this particular uh, uh, exhibition is only hosted by about 10 different galleries around the United States per year. Oh, wow. And the only place that you can see these editions are one of these galleries that hosts this exhibition. And I believe Venner is the only one in the state. That's correct. Yep. Welcome to Blog Talk okay. Radio. Please enter your host pin. When finished, press the pound key. And that is so freaking annoying, which means we got disconnected somehow, so I get to reconnect us somehow if I can find the right... This is what happens when you do it live. This is I'm sorry, you but I did not hear you press at least four digits of your pin number. Of you did it, because you're yelling at me and you're making me a nervous wreck. Stop it, lady. Everybody is going to absolutely love this. This is going to be great. You has recently changed. Since it appears you're calling back into a live show, no, we are reconnecting you now. Thank you. She's loud. You know, you would think that she'd at least have the courtesy to be quiet and maybe yeah. whisper no. and say, we understand you got disconnected. We're reattaching you. No. We're just going to go, whatever. Ah, I've so, not had enough wine for this. So LB asked me, to come up with five myths of dating. Yep, because there's there's so many things that people think when they're in the dating scene. It, it, it's almost absurd, some yeah. of the things that people think and say. And so I thought it would, this would be a really cool time to kind of dismiss some of those myths. And reading through them, I love some of the stuff that you said. Good, thank love, you. Love, love, love. Um, and, of course, being on LB's radio show, you know that she's a strong woman. So one of the myths is... Are men intimidated by smart women? So, you know, secure men prefer smart women. And so they just have more of a challenge. They have interaction. They are comfortable. They can have a conversation. It's just kind of boring when you meet somebody that's not um, at your level. And so I feel like that's a myth. I really believe that. I would agree men, with that. Yeah, men actually like 
strong women and they like smart women and they like to have that conversation because they're looking at the long-term relationship, not the short-term of it. I want to remind everybody, you need to keep dating when you're married. You need to be dating until the day you die. Amen. And with that, it is socially, a socially savvy hint from me is when you do go out on your date, don't talk about issues at home. Um, keep it light. Speak of hope and dreams. I think a lot of times when couples get time alone, they feel like that's the time that they need to hammer out issues. They need to talk about things that maybe they don't want to talk about where the kids are at home. Or they feel, okay, now I'm on, ne- on neutral ground. Now I can really, you know, get my point in there. A date's not the time to do that. A date is the time to reconnect with the people that you love um, and, and listen to them. Try to hear them. Try to get them to talk about their hopes and dreams and stuff so that you can remember why you fell in love with them, not get caught up in all the reality that typically in today's world tears everybody apart. If you're going to go out on a date, ladies, and you want them looking at you and not your other parts of your body, don't put the girls out there looking boobalicious and expect him to have a functioning conversation with you. That's not fair. Well, I have to admit that... um, LB is looking quite boobalicious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm finding it difficult to concentrate on the show. <laughs> but, you know, if you're going to wear, you know, certain attire, if you're going to wear the short skirts, if you're going to wear certain things, understand that a man is going to respond a certain way and you cannot pass judgment, nor can you be a brat about it. You've got to be accepting. And you also have to deal with whatever verbal comes back and the level of courtesy that he's going to show you. Um, there's, I think women take for granted, well, we should be able to do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, of course you can. You can do whatever you want, but then you have to deal with whatever the hell you get. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and again, it goes back to men are visual creatures. They and really so are. we really want them to understand us and, and know what we're wanting to have direct the conversation, then we have to dress accordingly. Yeah, there they are. Well, hello. There they are. It's like hello. I walked in. He goes, oh, hello. <laughs> you know? And he's, I came in with a, I was in a really elegant, you know, cocktail dress. And, and of course, it was out there a little bit. And, and he looks at me and he goes, I'm so sorry. I says, no, I put them out there for a reason. Enjoy it. You know, you've got, to, you, you've got to have a sense of humor when you are going to put yourself in that situation. Um, and if you if you're gonna dress a certain way and it's gonna be more provocative, be prepared. And you want to maintain more of a level of whether it be professionalism or common courtesy, you're responsible for your responses to them to lighten the mood. So, you know, for perfect example, I could have looked at him and you know said all kinds of rude things to him, but instead I I laughed about it, made a joke, I invited him to enjoy the view. You've got to have a, a, a different thought process if you want a different reaction. Botox. They say that a large percent of our communication is what we see visually. So body language is a huge part of our communication process. I realized while I was watching somebody who had significant Botox, I was having a hard time understanding them. And the reason was is there was no expression going on in their face. There's no, the, the, everything was like a mannequin. I realized I, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here trying to focus on their words and grab what they're trying to say, but without the facial expression, without um, the natural uh, stuff that goes on, I was getting confused. 
it was bizarre, and I realized Botox is killing our ability to communicate. <laughs> so my my advice would be to be cautious with your Botox and realize that that the expression lines are a part of your communication. And if you are going to go to extremes, then you're going to want to make sure you're a very effective communicator. <laughs> And with that, we're going to start with the Rainier beer tasting because you just assume when you live in the Northwest that everybody has had Rainier beer. And I started thinking about it. I'll bet you there's a lot of people who don't know about Rainier beer. We've got Ryan here. We're going to have him tell us a little bit about the history and the beginnings of this beer as soon as he cracks one open. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> to, to beer drinkers everywhere, that is the sound of, of just heaven. Sound of refreshment. Yes, it is. Especially in our nice new uh, throwback to 1963 Jubilee cans. Rainier, Vanier, Vitamin R. Those are some of the local names that everybody knows knows it for. Some question whether the mountain was named first or the beer. (laughs) Just a few tasting notes. With Rainier, it's a little maltier. Um, It has a clear, pale straw color and a foamy, bone white head. The head is actually a good thing to have on here. It actually brings aroma nose, whereas a lot of people know a lot of your taste comes from your smell. Our second anniversary show. We have some very special guests. We have Edgar Martinez and Jean Juarez, and they are here to present their um, El Zacatecano, which is a mezcal. Thank you for having us. Uh, what we have here is mezcal. It's a 100-year-old brand. Number one mezcal in Mexico is made out of uh, 100% Highland Blue Agave. Congratulations on your second year. Thank you. (laughs) We've shortened the name because we find out that the gringos can't really pronounce Zacatecano. Yeah, they have a a hard time with it. Well, and you could tell I was Mexican because I was able to say it. (laughs) Hey, Gene, where do we find the tequila? Restaurant, and we've also got it in QFC. And they can find you online at elzacatecano.com. For our second anniversary, we're going to be chatting on our favorite savvy moments, socially savvy moments, um, and what makes a socially special event. How's everyone doing today? I mean, I know Amy and Duel, we were together last night. Uh, Duel brought us all in for the uh, only sanctioned Oscar party on the in the Northwest, yes. and Oscar night experience. Oh my God, that was amazing! Benefiting the Starlight Children's Foundation Northwest at the Fairmont Olympic Hotel downtown Seattle. Well, you were at the film school yes. with Brent Martin, and you interviewed Tom Skerritt from the film school. Okay, and I have to tell you, you know, Duel is, is notorious, and I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> he throws me in the fire. You know, I mean, I've got my little notes. I've got all my little things, and I've got everything timed out. You know, everything goes through. So, and he's like, okay, here you go. Okay, so we're going to start off with our first segment, Socially Savvy Hints. Um, this is where you kind of, you know, when you're first meeting somebody, you, you give hints about who you are, hints about what's going on. Um, it's not until you develop the relationship that you get to the, you know, this is acceptable, this is not acceptable, and you look at them and you go, knock it the hell off. So this is the part of the show. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> this is the part of the show where we, we kind of, you know, if you were meeting somebody new and or, or you're getting to know people, how, what would 
would you say to kind of, you know, maybe bridge a gap or something like that? So this is one of my tips from last week. The best thank you you can give for a swag bag is a thank you to the sponsors on their Facebook pages, telling them where you got it, the product, and what you thought of it. Uh, one thing I like to do with any event that I coordinate is think about the guest experience from the moment they arrive to the moment they leave. So whether or not you're a VIP ticket holder or not, I want everybody that is, has taken the time out of their busy, busy schedule to come to my event to just love have that. a fantastic time. And That's I will great. walk my way through the event in my mind and at the venue numerous times before the actual night. So my hand, of course, um, wine and events, of course I have to talk about wine. So my hand, and this isn't something you want to tell somebody right out of the gate, but, um, well, we've all been to events or people's homes or oh, yeah. somewhere where everyone's drinking red wine and oh, their yeah. teeth start Looking purple, yeah. they need so <laughs> keep a glass of white wine handy mm -hmm. and periodically have a drink of it, swish it around, <laughs> and it will take the red away. The other thing too on that, as a guest of an event, it's good to know: is it an event where they're serving dinner, or is it an event where they're simply serving appetizers? Mm -hmm. And just think about what is your reason for going to the event. And sometimes people just stuff? like, yeah, we all love food. And if it's a specific food. food event, that's one thing. But right. if it's not, it's good to remember that you're there for the people, you're there for the networking, you're there for whatever the experience is versus stuffing your face. It is socially unacceptable to contact the event planner or host right as the event is starting and ask to get on the list. <laughs> Uh, first of all, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, I'm so excited to be on the show, but I have to say, I did not lose, but I was like, yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> the first tip is to find staff, and you know, anytime you're at a party, you don't want to be behind the bar trying to serve, and then you're trying to get, make food, and you're all over the place, so you really want to uh, hire staff. How do you do this? You can go to a, one of your favorite local restaurants, like an Applebee's or a Ruby Tuesday's, and talk to the bartender and the waitstaff there. Usually, when they're not working, they are more than willing to host parties for you or, you know, bartend for a party. So that way, you have a professional setting. You have a licensed bartender right there behind the scenes making your fabulous cocktails, and you look polished, and you become the hostess with the mostess, and you look like you are definitely in power and calling the shot. My socially unacceptable is it is unacceptable to walk into an area that is clearly special and ask to take things. Um, I don't know if you guys were there, but there was a uh, person, I'm not going to identify up beyond a person, that walked into a very specially designated area and um, said, can I have two of those roses? And I mean, we've got the live feed going, and we're sitting there having conversation. I'm like, um, excuse me? He goes, well, I just want two of those roses. I go, uh, those aren't mine to give away. Well, but, you know, so-and-so is sponsoring, so I just want two of those roses. And I just looked at him and go, um, I'm not going to tell you yes, but I can't tell you no either. That is got to be the epitome of rude because you're making somebody else responsible for you wanting to take something that you're not even entitled to.
it was amazing. You could sit down and have eaten sandwich, and some guys were like, oh, is that free? And I'm oh, like, oh, my gosh. gosh. It was, it yes. was, I can't even tell you how often. And, yeah. and it was interesting. There was definitely different cities that we go to around the area that are that, that, that you couldn't put one thing down. You would keep all the prizes under the table or even the pens for the enter to win. That's where you go back to that, this is not here for stuffing your face. I know. <laughs> it, 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 I, I am baffled by that. It is completely unacceptable to assume that everything on the table at a trade show is free. You know, one of the other things, a little um, thing that just really gets to me is that uh, when, you, when you go to an event and there are place cards and you are being seated in a particular <laughs> place at the table, it is unacceptable in capital letters to move yourself because there's usually a good reason why the host or hostess puts you in a particular oh place at the table. I watched that. I watched that here about two weeks ago where somebody just moved and I was dumbstruck. I just stood there like a stop. Are you kidding me? And they're like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. People call me out on my socially unacceptable stuff all the time. And let me just say, because I, I heard through the grapevine, people are like, well, you never do anything wrong. Oh, yes, I do. I fall on my face. <laughs> and nine times out of ten, nine, my husband will attest to that, um, nine times out of ten, the things that I'm talking about, you know, for the socially unacceptable, I've usually overstepped the bounds or went, oh, that was probably not cool. Um, and so you want to realize that we all make these mistakes. This isn't, you know, none of right. us are, are, are born into this world where we're like, oh, I know how to be socially acceptable. I know how to go into any event. I know how to talk to everybody. No, it's, it's a growing process and you've got to be open to it. Here's the bottom line. If you are going to reach for something and you look to the right and look to the left, you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, because you know you're doing something wrong. So the first socially unacceptable is to voice every opinion you have in public. When socializing, you need to be aware of the group of people you are with and express yourself accordingly. This is not to say that you can't disagree or have different viewpoints, but if you make yourself confrontational, no one will want to be around you. And that's the thing that I think our culture has really lost is, is social, being social doesn't mean that you can't have a difference of opinion. Being social means that you respect opinions of the people around you to the point where you don't degrade them and who they are. I do think that you absolutely owe it to them to give respect them a forum the to respect the environment that you're in because that, somebody that, is hosting exactly. if you're in a restaurant somebody yeah. is the manager and hosting you if you're in a private residence somebody is hosting yeah, you I totally agree and but even if you're, the, you are the host even if you are the host correct yeah I think it's important to acknowledge I, I have, that people I, have different I, opinions I have a question and this is for everybody everybody weigh in so I what, what about what if you <laughs> are in a social situation and somebody says something that you very much disagree with. Like, has anybody, have you ever been to a place where somebody take, tells a racial joke uh -huh. or a slur? I'm Mexican. Or, Hello. Or gay, <laughs> or, you know, an anti-gay joke or an anti-woman or, yeah. you know, anti-short man, whatever. And what do you do? Because sometimes I've said things and other times I haven't. And then when I haven't, I felt like I, would, I, would, I kept my mouth shut because I didn't want to send a host or there were friends of friends, or, you know. But then I felt like... 
by not saying anything, I was acknowledging that it's okay to make that racial slur or homophobic. Sure. I've been offended several times by things that people say. Typically, I won't say anything unless there is somebody in the group that it affects immediately. Because the, the reason for that is if they're saying stupid stuff, there's people in their life who are telling them they're saying stupid stuff, and they're still doing it. Unfortunately, I, I tend to smile and nod sometimes uh, because I don't like adding fuel to the fire. If it's really crossing the line, I'll address it. And uh, if it's anyone that I carry a conversation with, I'd look at them as a friend. So if it's something that's really over the line, I'll address it and say, you know, if you want to be a part of this, you know, you want to be a friend, you got to have an yeah, open change mind. Change it up a little you know bit. I mean? Yeah, that's good. Okay, so let's say, and it, that, I think that's a really good thing to address because let's say you're in a group of people and you think you're comfortable and you can say something like that and, and that comes up. The mistake that most people make is instead of going, oh my gosh, you know, I thought I was being funny too and being gracious about it, oh, all of a sudden the head whips out, the neck starts going back and forth, <laughs> the hand hits the hip and I'm all that. Do it, you know, take it gracefully yeah. and go, you know, obviously that wasn't my intention and be polite about it. This is like my biggest pet peeve. I, I have an issue with this. It is socially unsavvy to hit on a woman with a wedding ring on, and when she reminds you she is married, you say so. Why, why, do, you, why do people hit on people that they know are married? I think it could be past experience. I think maybe, you know, the same guy could have been doing that a week ago, and he had a completely different result. Okay, here's my here's my input. I think it's a matter of percentages. It comes down to math. <laughs> Why do you keep buying lottery tickets if you've never won? I don't. It's just, but, yeah. And not you. Yeah. Not you yeah. specifically, but I do. <laughs> you know, so it's one of those things where one day I'll get lucky. <laughs> we want to remind you all to subscribe to the Socially Savvy Show to be entered into our drawing for prizes from our savvy sponsors. And don't forget to check us out on iTunes. Make all your social events better because you were there, and have a socially savvy week, everybody. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's a wrap. Woohoo! Wrap, 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 wrap.
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.